Good evening, everybody. This is uh, another edition of uh, Muni Poly Matters podcast. I'm very pleased to be sitting down with another uh, candidate running in the municipal election this October 24th. I'm going all the way out to Windsor now and I'm sitting down with a young lady. Uh, sorry, I understand because you, you don't identify with the standard genders. We'll, we'll get into that later. I'm pleased to introduce uh, Sydney. Brolard Coyle. I'm sorry, I should ask how to pronounce your name first. But so it's a uh, Brulyard Coyle. Brulyard Coyle. Okay, uh, maybe I'll just call you Sydney. It's easier. Um, so Sydney is running in Ward Seven for city councilor. Um, so I guess I, you know I'll just get right into it because uh, you are probably like I'm get, get getting a little bit personal background here. You're probably the first. Um, I guess non-binary person that I had an in-depth conversation with. So I hope you can forgive me if I may have may may sound a bit uneducated about um, people of, uh, of the transgender community or the non-binary community. Um, I mean, I, I noticed that you are 22 years old, so uh, that's inc that's incredible, and you're running for city councilor. Um, I also noticed that when you uh, submitted your registration, you put in your pronouns as um, it's not the standard he, him, she, her pronouns. And it's not something I totally quite understand. And I, I do, I do, I, I guess it's really a core part of your identity. So maybe, I guess we'll just start off like, who is Sydney? And like, you know, maybe just a little bit about yourself. And if you could explain to me, because someone who's not really well versed in in what it is like why did you choose the pronouns that you um use to identify yourself so yeah i'm uh sydney brilliard coil and i use the pronouns nay nem near so that's classified as a neo pronoun so of course we have the most common pronouns of she her and he him and they them is a pretty standard uh singular gender neutral pronoun but there's also lots of pronouns beyond that there's people who may use mixed pronouns so that's when they have a couple of different pronouns you know we look at elliot page who's an actor for example and uses he and they pronouns and then we have neo pronouns, which are another gender neutral pronoun that are less common, but are still just as valid as any other type of pronoun. And the examples of that, you know, are my own pronouns, they, them, um, a, air, fay, fair, a, m, uh, z, zir. So lots of different neo pronouns that again are less common, but it's still important that we use that person's um, pronoun because it's a way of honoring and respecting that person in their fullness. And for me, I particularly use these pronouns because the M stands for neutral, which really resonates with my experience as a non-binary person. And those pronouns just feel right for me. And the reason that I chose to include my pronouns on my campaign literature, you know, on the City of Windsor website is because it's basically the same as my name. It's how you refer to me. So if my name is going to be listed, then my pronouns should be listed as well. And whenever I'm, you know, educating other folks on allyship, I say, you know, including your pronouns on things like your email signature, your social media, because this is how we refer to people. We use people's names and we use pronouns. So it's just natural to include my pronouns as part of that to open up further conversation as well about the importance of using pronouns, the importance of representation, 
um, within the political atmosphere. In particular, uh, Windsor's never actually had an openly LGBTQ city councillor. So if I'm elected, not only would I be the youngest city councillor elected, but I'd also be the first openly LGBTQ. And I'm very proud about the different aspects that make up who I am, my pronouns, uh, the fact that I'm queer and asexual and trans and non-binary, and the fact that I'm 22 because I believe my lived experience is huge in informing uh, who I am and the type of city councillor that I would be. Oh, that's very interesting. So so does the city of Windsor, is it like official policy that they allow you to identify with which pronouns or is it was it something you had to request because I, I would imagine they very rarely not had this kind of like um, situation before, you know, so was it like something that they introduced just for the first time this election cycle that if you wanted to identify by your pronouns that you were, had these options or some of that? Okay. Yeah, it's not standard practice. Um, you know, we don't see that in municipal or provincial or federal elections. In fact, I haven't seen many other candidates do that either locally or again, provincially or federally. But I hope that again, this will open up conversations and encourage that to become more of a standard to leave space for candidates to specify what pronouns they use. Because again, it's about how we honor and respect the fullness of that person. And I know that that's one of the changes I'm going to be pushing for if I'm elected. Okay, uh, so maybe we'll just uh, go into a little bit about yourself. Uh, you are obviously relatively young, but like, you know, did you grow up in Windsor? Were you born? Uh, did you grow up with, born in Windsor? Uh, like, 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 what was it like growing up in uh, Windsor? I know, just uh, maybe a little bit about that. Yeah, so I was actually born in St. Catharines and lived there for the first couple of years of my life, uh, but my mom was raised in Windsor, so we ended up moving back here when I was about one and a half, and I've lived here ever since. We did move out to the county, to Essex, for a couple of years, and then came back to Windsor uh, to Ward 7, which is where I've been residing for about eight years now, uh, living in this area, uh, East Riverside and Forest Glade, and I had a lot of experience, you know, throughout the city um, in terms of the places that I've lived, the places that I've worked and volunteered at, um, and, you know, gone to school. I've been to a few different schools throughout my life. So it's given me a strong understanding of the entire city. Um, you know, a lot of times people are kind of limited to their own area and what they're familiar with. Whereas because I've had experiences in the entire city, I can better understand some of the challenges across the city because yes, if I'm elected, my primary focus will be Ward 7, but I also want to make life better across the city because the reality is our lives in Ward 7 are impacted by what happens in Ward 4 and 3 and Ward 1 and across the city, you know, things like transit access. So it's important for me to have that background of working and living in all of these different areas and that stronger sense and stronger connection to the city as a whole and the desire to make things better. Okay, yes. So yes, uh, thank you for uh, identifying the areas in your ward, because uh, usually I include a map showing people where exactly you're running in. So yes, Ward 7 is, I believe, on the uh, sort of like eastern part of Windsor, a uh, little closer to the, more closer to the town of Tecumseh, I would say, than say downtown Windsor, for example, and includes the communities of Riverside and Forest Glade, as you mentioned. Um, so I see from your uh, website that, uh, um, sydneybc-ward7.com that you included uh, uh, some information about your background and it's a very extensive uh, uh, interesting uh, I guess um, array of work experiences volunteering experiences 
Um, and you, you, I guess, see here that you uh, went to the University of Windsor. You have a Bachelor of Music, uh, graduated just, uh, I guess, just June. And then, um, and you've also had a number of uh, involvement with uh, uh, other sort of activities as well with, with uh, the, the Anglican Church as well as uh, with the university. And uh, you led a lot, led a number of, um, I guess, protests, uh, like a fun with flags coordinator, uh, pride walks, uh, Oh, I thought this was interesting. Um, uh, leading the protest against the opening of a Chick Fil A in Windsor, I guess. So, um, yeah, why don't you why don't you just uh, dive into a bit of some of these experiences, and then because I want to try to like get a sense of how all doing all of that led you to decide you need why you thought running for city councilor was the next step in I guess that level of activism. Absolutely. Uh, so I guess we'll start with my education background. So as you mentioned, I just graduated with a Bachelor of Music from the University of Windsor and a minor in Women and Gender Studies. And I'm actually in the process of completing my second degree, which is in Women and Gender Studies uh, with a minor in Political Science. And I graduated from uh, Walkerville Collegiate Institute was my high school with a specialist high skills major in arts and culture. And all of those experiences, the courses that I took, the interactions with my fellow students with faculty and everything have taught me a lot you know like obviously the minor in political science um, politics has always been an interest for me so that's been nice to expand that at the university level um, women and gender studies is really about that opportunity to critically think uh, to examine issues from so many different lenses and so many different areas and then the music background for me um, has taught me about how important it is to invest in our local musicians our artists, our photographers, our business people, people who own businesses, because um, this is our community. It's about building that culture that's focused on community, like by community. And I know so many of my friends who operate in kind of the gig scene, um, who just uh, rely on, you know, gigs for weddings and so on and so forth, uh, teaching music and such. And it's important that we're giving them the support that they need and deserve. And again, investing in the community. In terms of volunteer experience, uh, lots of different social justice kind of focuses throughout the years. Um, I, of course, I was involved in many different clubs at my high school. I was the president of our Earth team, our eco team. Um, I was also on student council. I created the Social Justice Club, uh, which later became Rotary Interact. So we partnered with the local Rotary organization and became actually designated as a Rotary Peace School. And I was involved with the Mental Health Club as well as the Gender sexuality alliance. So lots of work throughout the high school and then that continued through university. I was on the uh, Creative Arts Student Society and then mostly initiatives that were kind of outside of school. So I was part of the Windsor-Essex Regional Youth Council. I was one of the founding members and a youth leader uh, from its beginning right up to our final event, which was actually a uh, youth gathering in regards to the 2019 federal election. And I was a big supporter in helping to plan that and engage with youth voices throughout that election. And I've also served on the Windsor Tecumseh Youth Council, which is run by IREC, who is our member of parliament uh, federally from the Liberal Party. And I volunteered for the Ontario NDP in the most recent provincial election for Gemma Gray Hall's campaign. So lots of involvement in a variety of different social justice issues, as well as politics throughout the years. Um, very focused on my passions of, again, making the world a better place. And that's also translated into my work 
experience. So currently I'm the education lead at Trans Wellness Ontario. So I conduct outreach to encourage folks to engage in education about the trans and queer community, about how to build safer spaces. Um, you know, I've helped out with things like our social media and website. And I also used to be the peer mentor there as well. I resigned to be able to focus more time on my campaign and devote the time and energy that it deserves. Um, but as a peer mentor, I worked one-on-one -on -one with clients, supporting them through their transition journey, whatever that looks like. Um, and then a few other roles, you know, uh, working for the University of Windsor as a teaching assistant um, through their uh, kind of student jobs program as well for a performance area assistant. And then um, I'm, of course, the music director over at my church and have had some involvement through different church areas and such. And I, you know, I share all of this um, on my website and here because each of these experiences have informed the way that I interact with society, the way that I interact with the world. And it helps to show the type of city councilor that I would be if I'm elected. You know, for example, planning that protest when Chick-fil-A opened. Yes, we were protesting the reality that this is a very uh, a business that is very homophobic and transphobic and has donated millions to very harmful um, LGBTQ initiatives. But the other focus of the protest was encouraging people to buy local, to support small businesses, again, investing in that community aspect. So that protest shows that I care about small businesses and I'm less fond of, you know, the big brands, big corporations, and that I'm willing to stand up when things are not okay, right? And then similarly, you know, it, the involvement through the church and through school and outside of the school shows my willingness to collaborate in many different fields, to uh, work on all of these different social justice issues and to be part of something bigger. Because, you know, my slogan for my campaign is that everyone deserves a voice. And I really truly believe that. I've seen that importance of that through my work, through my education, through my volunteer. And as somebody who knows what it's like to be silent, you know, as a young person, as a member of the queer community, I know how important it is for us to have representation, to have an advocate of voice at the table. And that's what I hope to be. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, actually, you answered my question because uh, you answered one of the things that was on my mind was I was wondering if you've been involved with like actual like electoral politics before. So, and you did bring that up in your when you were describing your uh, history of activism. So mm -hmm. it sounds like you've been all over Windsor. So it seems like you've had connections all over the community, the city. Uh, I guess, uh, I know you said you were, you grew up in Ward 7, I believe, but like you could have probably picked like a number of areas that I guess, I, I understand there's a three, two open wards right now uh, because one councillor has decided to uh, retire and the other is running for mayor. So, I mean, there are open seats uh, elsewhere in the city. I believe you are running against the current council who has decided to seek re-election. So maybe, maybe explain like maybe why Ward Seven exactly? Because I see on the list from the other people running, I don't want to bring up their names. So this is about you for now. Um, that there are people that run before. So how does uh, City Bouillard Coil stand out amongst those people who run maybe a couple of times more than you have? That's a great question. You know, 
I would say the reason that I chose Word 7, because I did consider a few options. Um, you know, again, I've uh, worked in different areas, so I've considered some other boards, but I ultimately decided on Word 7 because this is where I live and I know how important it is to actually live in the ward because those who actually live in the ward have the best understanding of the challenges faced. And I see so many issues that are not being addressed here. Ward 7 is the fastest expanding ward in the entire city. and we're not keeping up with it in terms of the services that we're providing. Right? I'm somebody who navigates this city using the transit system. I don't drive. And there's basically no transit in East Riverside where I live. Um, so I actually have to get rides to the Tim Hortons to catch one bus or to Tecumseh Mall to catch the other bus. So one of the key parts of my platform is bringing more transit service well across the city because there's a lot of issues that need to be addressed in transit but specifically within this ward that that hasn't been addressed and that's again why i bring that different perspective than anybody who's currently running in ward 7 or anyone who's sitting on council because the vast majority of them i'm guessing are not transit users uh there are people who you know own their own homes and to uh you know have their cars and so on and so forth and families whereas i bring that completely unique perspective as somebody who's just graduated university who doesn't drive, um, who does not, you know, own a house or anything like that, which is still a significant demographic within Windsor that has not had a voice and needs to have a voice. And then the other aspect about Ward 7 is there's this uh, very neat map that was created through the, uh, there, there was a master plan uh, relating to community safety that was released recently. And part of that was a map of all of the social services in the Windsor community, including mental health agencies, uh, agencies supporting those who are dealing with addiction, uh, housing, food insecurity, and so on and so forth. And there's one there's one service in Ward 7, and that is Matthew House, which provides uh, emergency shelter for refugees. That is the only social service that we have in this ward, one of the fastest growing wards. So another key piece of my platform is investing in social services and actually creating a social services hub here so that people can access counseling, they can access groups and peer mentorship when they're dealing with mental health challenges, when they're dealing with addiction. They can access housing support and connection to the emergency shelters that are throughout the city because so often our services have been centered around downtown and Walkerville but we know that people experiencing mental health challenges and addiction challenges and who are displaced and who are homeless are across the city and deserve to be able to access services close to where they are in an atmosphere that feels comfortable and is accessible. Okay, uh, thank you for that answer. So uh, let's get into some, I guess, I guess issues. Like, I, I, like as of time of this recording, you haven't released your platform yet. So um, feel free to answer as most comfortable as you can. Uh, that you want to, I guess. Uh, I guess like cities like Windsor aren't that much different right now from a lot of other cities in Ontario. There's always issues. You mentioned uh, transit. You said you don't drive a car. Um, I would imagine most people in Ward 7 do drive a car. So, and, um, so maybe talk about a little bit about what exactly is current Windsor Transit like and what could be done to improve it? I guess it's the only, it's, I guess only like buses are, is the main uh, type of transit mode. Like I, I wouldn't, I cannot, I don't think I would, can imagine like light rail being a thing that would be uh, like useful in a city like that. It's, uh, I don't think the population base would be there, but like 
like, is it just about uh, in, increasing bus services into Ward 7 or is it about something else? Yeah, so we have a fantastic um, Transit Windsor master plan that's going to be implemented over the next few years, which is going to completely reform, you know, the bus system, expanding all of the access to different areas, which is excellent. I reviewed the plan. There's some really great things in there. And that will be great for a few years from now when all of the things are implemented, but we have people now who need access to transit, who need it for things like errands and visiting with friends and, you know, going to work and going to school and so on and so forth. So what I'm proposing is more of the immediate things that can be addressed now, well, knowing that we're going to be gradually working to implement this whole master plan, which will completely reform the entire system. So specifically within Ward 7, you know, uh, looking at expanding uh, the route of one of the buses that comes close but not quite all the way down so basically just adding about 10 minutes and then of course adding some more buses in to accommodate for the added time but that way we can reach the specific area that's not currently being serviced um, there is one bus that comes through this area but has a tendency to just vanish into a wormhole and not show up um, so ensuring that we have that as more reliable ensuring that it's more frequent and so on and so forth um, because currently is supposed to come every hour. And then the other thing that's always quite bothered me, currently we're on an enhanced Saturday schedule. So I want to resume to our normal schedule uh, that hasn't been resumed since COVID hit. Um, so resuming to our typical weekday schedule, um, resuming the tunnel bus as well for people who need to get across to Detroit. Um, and then the other piece is that we want to avoid having, you know, like a Sunday schedule, holiday schedule, because that means that oftentimes several buses, which are seen as less popular because they're less used, just don't run. But people still need to get places on Sundays and on holidays and at all hours of the night. You know, there's lots of people who work night shifts, but a lot of buses stop by 10 p.m. So expanding hours, extending the frequency so that, you know, the more popular buses are coming every five to 10 minutes um, and the rest of the buses still coming fairly regularly so that people can get where they need to go in a reasonable amount of time to encourage people to use transit more. Uh, again, making it more accessible in that sense of more frequency and so on, but also that helps us to reduce our carbon footprint as a city and environment is another key part of my platform. Okay, uh, so you mentioned uh, uh, in one of your, uh, I guess, um, um, I guess, uh, uh, oh, sorry, you mentioned in one of your um, uh, uh, activities that you had um, promoted by local, uh, I believe that was related to the uh, Chick-fil-A um, protests. Uh, I guess looking at the local economy, well, it seems Windsor's economy has been in a bit of a bit of a flux since like, auto manufacturing has been on a bit of a decline, although I believe it's recovering somewhat. And the recent announcement by the federal and provincial government of the Stellantis plant is, I would say, a big boost in the local economy. But is there like, what, what are your ideas about like how the local economy should diversify? Because like trying to rely on just one industry, like it's not going to work in the long run. So, you know, I'm just wondering, like, what are your ideas about um, helping to uh, spur the local economy in Ward 7 and Windsor as a whole. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's where the investing in small businesses comes in. Because, of course, you know, we do need uh, those plants and so on and so forth that do bring in a significant amount of money. And we may 
need to make sure that, you know, those jobs are accessible and uh, people are able to get those jobs and such. But it's really about investing into small businesses, into local folks who are entrepreneurs who want to create their own businesses, as that is about diversifying the economy, right? Um, encouraging people to buy from small businesses, you know, lifting up the work that they're doing, similar with what I mentioned earlier, right? Lifting up local musicians and artists and photographers and such and prioritizing that, prioritizing the community versus large corporations versus brands that, um, you know, don't pay their employees a living wage, which then keeps people in poverty, increases risks of homelessness and food insecurity. Um, but again, providing small businesses the support to be successful, to recover from the pandemic, to start up in a slowly getting to post-pandemic worlds, um, and just really that focus on the community, listening to what they need, because I'm not a small business owner, so I can't say what's needed. So it's that community consultation with business owners, what do you need, how can we support you and the work that you're doing, and how can we support future business owners as well. Okay, uh, so I believe you did bring up climate change as something you're very passionate about. And it seems that with the way things are lately, I guess we've had a bit of a heat wave in the past week or so, but that's just a latest example of obviously climate change is ex existing phenomenon. It, was just, it just seems like locally, no matter which community we're from, it just feels somewhat, somewhat hamstrung or powerless to like do anything concrete about it. So, you know, I've noticed a lot of cities have done the thing where they declare it's a climate, change, climate crisis or climate emergency, that sort of thing. So in terms of like climate change, what can at the city level, what can the city of Windsor do to try to like um, do something about uh, climate change? And I don't know, like, is there anything? Because it seems like it's a really more of a global problem than it is a local problem, you know? Technically, yes. And I mean, everybody has a role to play in combating the reality of climate change. Um, in 2017, the city of Windsor released an environmental master plan, which is actually quite comprehensive. I was very impressed when I read through it. And it covers a lot of areas on how you can address um, you know, climate change, how we can protect the environment, contribute to an overall greener city, uh, things like encouraging active transportation, um, ensuring that you know we're uh, filtering through waters and so uh, waterways and so on and so forth. Um, so there's a lot in concluded in the environmental master plan. So just ensuring like my role, if I'm elected would be ensuring that that continues, like we uphold the commitments that we made in 2017 and preferably, you know, faster because I haven't heard much about them actually being implemented. It's one thing to say something, it's another to actually do it. Um, continually consulting again with the environmental organizations who are doing this work so that we can assess risks for Windsor. I know obviously we've experienced the heat wave, but flooding has also been a big issue in my ward and across the city. Um, so flood mitigation is another big piece of that. Just generally increasing awareness about what people can do to reduce their own carbon footprint through things like environmental, you know, festivals and such. Again, lifting up local organizations who are kind of doing this work. And one thing that I was not as impressed with in the environmental master plan was our commitment in terms of reducing greenhouse gas emissions and waste um, and energy use. I felt that these targets were not aggressive enough because 
climate change is a reality. It's already affecting people and it's just going to keep getting worse unless we are very aggressive in our efforts to combat it. So I'm going to be pushing for a much more aggressive target uh, by 2030 in reducing greenhouse gas emissions and um, energy use, as well as working with our local Essex Windsor Solid Waste Authority to explore options to reduce waste, improve our recycling and composting programs as we transition into this new leadership um, as per uh, has been like indicated by the provincial government that cities are expected to do within the next couple of years. Okay, uh, so as we're starting to wind down here, probably I guess my last question is really focused more on the politics of this. So uh, Ward 7 is a little unique because it has had two municipal by-elections in, I guess, in the space of less than 10 years. Um, uh, one former councillor uh, resigned to become an MPP and then the councillor that replaced him ended up becoming a federal MP. So this ward recently had a municipal by-election in just 2020. And three of the candidates are, are ran in that by-election are running again, including the councillor. One of them, I believe, has run up to five times, probably. So he's a name that probably has been seen uh, a lot by the community already. So amidst all of that, with the incumbent running, with the, this other guy running, like, you know, how, how do you like kind of like, I guess, stand out? I think I've asked you this question before, but I'm curious about like your sort of strategy. I mean, we could all say we were door knocking, we're doing the phone banking, we're doing the lit drops, that sort of thing. We're getting prominent voices from the community to like endorse you because nothing, it obviously helps if like, you know, people well-known in Windsor and and in the, in the neighborhood, like say you're a good, I mean, that Sydney is a good person and should be the counselor. Like uh, just... Curious, just want to pick your brain a bit on and this final question. Like, uh, how is your strategy going? Like, what are you planning to do? Is there something different that you're doing from the other people that can make you like stand out and make voters look at Sydney Booyah Corio a little bit closer? Yeah, I would say number one is I'm committing to not leave this role. Um, you know, if I get elected, that I'm going to stay for at least one full term. Um, and up the utmost respect for, for Percy Hatfield and for Iraq for, uh, you know, the work that they did as counselors and now within uh, their roles. And Percy, of course, recently retired from MPP. But I'm not leaving. If I get elected, then I'm going to serve at least one full term and then we'll kind of go from there uh, to see what next steps would be if I run again um, or in what position. But, you know, the other aspect is my deep commitment to the community. Um, when my platform is released, people will see that it's quite extensive, that I've done the homework, I've read through our 10-year budget, I've read through this year's budget, um, and you know, looked at what we've allocated for different areas, seen where we need some improvement, the things that are working well and the things that aren't. I've read through the master plans you know, for housing and homelessness, for the environment, for active transportation, for transit, all of these master plans, probably over a thousand pages worth of materials, because I care deeply about this community. And you'll see that in my platform, it's 22 pages long, <laughs> but it's about meeting the needs that are not being addressed. And it's about meeting people where they are at. So when I go to the door, I don't open with, but for me, I say, what are your concerns? What's working for you? What's not? How can, you know, city council, how can the city better support you and your needs? And genuinely hearing that feedback from the residents, which has already helped shape my platform and will continue to do so. 
And I encourage people, you know, I know there's going to be the, some who think that I'm too young or that I'm not qualified, but I encourage people to look at my background, see my passion for this community, the fact that I've been you know, involved in this community for literal decades. Um, like I've been doing social justice work since I was six years old um, and I've been involved in politics for a full decade. So I have a deep passion for the community. I have the background. I do have well-respected community leaders within the Windsor community, of course, who endorsed me. And what I've already done for this campaign in creating this platform, in meeting people where they're at, in planning a variety of different events and fundraisers to be accessible to folks in all of the ways that I can throughout social media is a clear indicator of the type of city councilor that I would be if I'm elected, which is somebody who responds to people's concerns, who listens, who lifts up voices, because again, everybody deserves a voice, and makes sure that we're building a community that is safe, that is inclusive, that is accessible, and is meeting the needs that are not being addressed. And that's what sets me apart from the other city councilors, is that deep community involvement, that deep passion for our community that we build, and that deep desire to listen and to lift up people's voices and ensure that they have a voice and they know their voices matter within Windsor. Well, thank you very much, uh, Sydney, for uh, the time uh, this evening. Uh, I want to thank you for sharing your um, ideas and your vision. Uh, by the time this goes out, your platform should be on your website. Um, so we can look for that. Um, Sydney, where can people find you on, on, online if they want to find more information about your candidacy? So, of course, I have my website, uh, sydneybc-ward7.com, and that has information all about how to get involved, a place where you can make a donation, request a lawn sign if you're uh, within Windsor, as well as volunteering. You know, we always need volunteers for knocking on doors, making phone calls, all of that fun stuff, as well as information about my events. And I'm also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, and YouTube. And one exciting thing I'm actually going to be doing with my YouTube channel is a spotlight on Windsor series, which will start at the beginning of August, where I'm going to be taking tours of local organizations and uh, speaking with representatives from them about the challenges that they're experiencing and if they could wave a magic wand and fix one thing, what it would be to highlight uh, the work that local organizations and activists are doing within areas that are relevant to my platform. So I always encourage folks to, you know, check out social media, website, uh, reach out, you know, send a text, give me a call, email, all of the information about how to contact me is posted on my website and I'm always happy to meet with folks, chat with them. Again, just my priority is listening and making sure that everybody knows that they deserve a voice and that their voice and their vote matters in this election. And thank you very much. And I will put all the links to all your uh, social media accounts on, on my post, which will go out later with this video interview. So Sydney, I want to thank you again for uh, this time. Uh, this is Sydney Bouillard coyle um, Nay are running in Ward 7 in Windsor. And this is the Muni Poly Matters podcast. Uh, thank you again for listening. Have a good evening.